Good morning. My name is Jason Faisal, and I'm the lead pastor at Casper Alliance Church here in Casper. And I've been invited to take a few days of uh, the program Meet the Day. And what I wanted to do for the next couple days or this week is uh, talk a little bit about what we're doing at our church uh, as we study the Sermon on the Mount. We're asking ourselves this question, uh, what does it look like to follow Jesus? And Jesus uh, gave the Sermon on the Mount as probably his biggest, one of his primary teachings, where he begins to reveal to the people that are beginning to follow him what it looks like and what it's supposed to look like to follow Jesus. And so as he brings his disciples in and he teaches them the Beatitudes and says, this is what it looks like to, to be a follower, he then begins to explain to, the, to all the people listening, whether it's somebody who's seeking, whether it's somebody who knows, whether it's a Pharisee or a scribe or somebody who's, who's been part of the Jewish uh, faith for a long period of time, that there is going to be a new Christian community, and this is what it's going to look like. And so one of the things that Jesus does in Matthew chapter 5 is he takes some of the Old Testament and the laws that, that they're accustomed to and know and, and gives it a little twist for a purpose not to abolish or to even, like what he says, to dispose of the law, but to fulfill it. And, and what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount is he's beginning to open up the heart and expose it and to really reveal one of the, the struggles with the human condition, and that's sin. And, and ultimately, in this first, this first teaching that you're going to hear from me, it's about 11 minutes long, is, is really Jesus beginning to set the stage for that exposure. So he challenges, Jesus challenges the people that are listening to him, that you, in verse 13 of chapter 5 in the book of Matthew, he says, you're the salt of the earth, but you've lost your taste. You're a city on a hill. You can't be hidden. Like you are my community and the people of this earth should know who you are. You should understand, the people of the earth should understand what the followers of Jesus are to look like. And so as Jesus begins to teach, he reminds them, beginning at verse 17 of chapter 5, that he didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. And ultimately, as he steps through the Sermon on the Mount, he begins to teach, again, what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And in this first section, like I said, it's just a setup. I'm going to read a few verses to you and share a little bit from my heart and talk a little bit about, about what it means to follow Jesus and what Jesus is actually trying to accomplish at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. I hope you enjoy. Well, we're going to get into it, and let me just read this first part, beginning up at verse 13, and these, this whole section, um, this whole section is stuff we remember and know and you've heard and has been said and has been taught in churches and you learned it in Sunday school. And if you grew up in the church, you've heard these words over and over again, repetitively, and, and in a way in which they, and I think, we become insensitive to. We, I've been trying really hard not to expose uh, our household past, but there's one thing in our house that I don't mind talking about, and that's the cleanliness of two tween-age, teenage boys' bathrooms. And we've asked many times for many years, I mean for a long time, to clean your bathroom on these particular days. And those bathrooms, uh, in, in fact our bathroom, only gets cleaned on like Monday because it's just the way it happens. But one of the things that I've learned over the last kind of couple years is it doesn't matter how much I say it or how loud I say it or even how much Adrienne says it or how loud, 
They've said it. She said it. It doesn't matter until there's some sort of like consequence that happens. And when you put the consequence in front of in front of the child in our house, things people leap to action and get it done. And I think that that happens. That correlation happens many times with the text of scriptures that we've heard so often. Is we've heard it so many times. So when I say, "Hey guys, the bathroom needs to get clean today." Yep. All right, Dad, got it. The bathroom needs to be clean today. Yep, I got it. And if I don't follow up and check, that's my fault as a manager and my fault as a dad. But if I don't go check, many times we just get distracted with our way of living, and we've heard it before that it becomes this thing that we're just insensitive to. And I think if we were to think about those things in our own life, something that you maybe have tripped over or not even done very well or like uh, or forgot to do regularly or that honey-do list that grows that you just kind of don't get to every now and again because you've been told about it so much, and like it just we become insensitive to the same kind of phrases. We, be, we really do. And I think what happens here in, in Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, many times the church has just become insensitive to the, what it says and the truth that, that's happening here and what, what Jesus is trying to accomplish. So when I read this passage to you, you're going to know it. So listen to this. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Have we heard that before? Yes, you're the salt of the earth, light of the world, city on a hill. That's us. That's the church. Glory to God. We are, we are the light to the world. And I think Jesus is very much saying in this moment to these people that are standing in front of him, sitting and listening, are you really? Are you really? Are you really the light of the world? Are you really a city on a hill and and as as you fill in some of those are you really questions Jesus goes on and starts to punch them harder to things that you've heard before and this is where so the, the all these people are standing there uh, you have disciples you have followers you have rabbis you have people who are like Wait, this guy Jesus, he's doing some things, and they want to follow, and people are starting to follow him. And maybe some of our like market share of leadership is being taken up, and so maybe we need to like investigate what's happening with Jesus. So you have Jewish leaders of the day sitting there too, and so then Jesus comes in with this language. He says, "Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees sitting right here in this space, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And you could see the scribes and the Pharisees looking at each other going, "Woo! we're free and clear. They have to match us. 
They have to look like us. They have to do what we do. We aren't losing market share. Actually, this, must, this guy Jesus is saying, these people are important. Do what they do. Say what they say. Be righteous like they are. And the next six statements that Jesus makes is a direct assault on the soul of anyone who says they want to follow Jesus. Jesus, the master craftsman of setting up how I'm going to transform your day, how I'm going to wreck your life, how I'm going to turn your world upside down. Sure, I'm going to make you feel excited. Yeah, you're the church, you're the city on the hill. You are the light before men. You are the reason that people know who I am because you, you church are the city on the hill. And no, scribes and Pharisees, no, I didn't come here to abolish the law. I came here to reinforce it. And every dot, every, what is that word I used to say one time? Every jot and tittle, diddle, tittle, will be accomplished. Everything. And you will have to be just as righteous as the Pharisees and the scribes. One of the guys who's influenced uh, just the way I understand Scripture and, and... and I've talked about him a lot, Tim Mackey, who's the founder of Bible Project, will show a Bible Project video at the end here, which they just do it way better than I can say it. But he said this about the Sermon on the Mount. These teachings of Jesus should make us uncomfortable. The moment Jesus doesn't bother you is the moment you stopped listening. Jesus isn't interested informing another group of people that is focused on behavior modification. Hear that. Jesus isn't interested in forming another group of people that's focused on behavior modification. Christianity so many times in, in just in our history, whether your personal history, our church history, my personal history, has been more about how you behave than really how you truly live. And as long as you fit within the boundaries of the behavior modification, you're doing okay. You're a good Christian. You must love Jesus because you're following all the rules. Think back to your teenage years. Did any of you break rules when you were a teenager? Let me assure you, I broke none because I was behaviorally modified so much that I followed every rule. Just kidding. But think about... I didn't know if you knew that was a joke. But if you, if you think about the behavior modification kind of idea, think about when you were a teenager and you would kind of manipulate and break some of the rules, right? To some people, it looked like you were following right along and that you were doing everything the right way. And even, and like everything was hunky-dory and you were doing well. And, and to a certain eye, they're like, yes. But, but in this other world in which you lived, there was a whole war of things happening to where we were trying to be deceptive and deceitful and to trick the people who really had power or control over you and to had management over you or you were responsible to. There's this one thing that was said about me a lot growing up as a kid. I would always open the door for people. That's why I kind of champion it. I would open the door. Did I open the door so that they would go, wow, that man, he really truly loves Jesus. I was opening the door so that if that person ran into my parents, they would say, man, your son is really polite. Think about the difference there. Sure, I was being polite, but I was being polite for my own benefit. 
so that I would achieve something or I'd have some sort of status so where my parents, who had management and control over me, would be able to go, okay, my son's polite, yeah. So when I kind of stepped up or I like, no, my son would never do anything wrong or evil because he's so polite to people in public. You see, now you all have your stories to where you've done little things like that to make sure that other people think well about you so that you can get away with something else down the road. You're like buying stock in evil. You're like, someday this is going to pay dividends. Someday I'm going to be able to get away with something big because of how polite and nice I am right now. We all do it. And Jesus is saying, I don't want another group of people. We don't need another, we don't need another group of people that are, are modifying their behavior so that they look a certain way to people. Jesus is wanting to expose real reasons for the problem with the human condition. And then, ultimately, he provides a solution. So as we get into these six things that he talks about, many times in teaching we take it out and we pull it out and we say, this is, we're going to talk about anger, and this is why you shouldn't be angry. Or we're going to talk about lust, and this is why you shouldn't lust. And we take this thing about divorce, and we talk about divorce, and we create, like, cult, we create church culture around divorce. We talk about oaths and retaliation, and we build, these, we build these things around these little blocks of Scripture where Jesus is teaching. And what has happening actually here is Jesus is giving six teachings, six focuses that's really about one thing, and that's how we relate to one another in humanity. I hope that got your juices flowing and just started thinking and maybe even... Uh, poke your mind a little bit, poke your heart a little bit about what it means to truly follow Jesus. Now, over the next few days, I'm going to break it up and talk a little bit about each section and what that means and how, how that impacts our life on a, on a practical way. But ultimately, again, Jesus is really trying to create a community that's different than the rest of the world, so that it points only to him. And, and again, he's trying to show them, this is what a true follower of me is supposed to look like. It's supposed to expose and begin to start, you're supposed to start to wrestle in your heart. Am I following Jesus, or am I just be, behaving in a way that looks like I'm following Jesus? And I know that that's hard for a lot of us. That's tension for me. There's a lot of things and a lot of ways in which I behave that looks like a Christian, but in my heart, I'm going, eh making faces or, or growling or like grumbling or even like calling names to people and so jesus will always show up when you ask him to speak to your soul speak to your heart he will always the spirit of god is the comforter he will come and he will convict and comfort the heart so that it's drawn back in to right relationship to to where it's steered in a proper direction and so if you feel that tension right now, that's good. That's good. So I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. Um, and I'm going to encourage my, like, you just ask God to encourage me because this is a struggle for me every single day that I, I try to modify my behavior so I look a certain way. But what really Jesus is wanting to do with my soul is make me a true follower so that all, my heart and the way I act is authentic to his calling on my life. So let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we, we are grateful for your provision of salvation through Jesus Christ. And I am grateful that I, we have the opportunity in a community to begin to work through what this looks like to follow Jesus. So, Lord, I, I pray for everybody listening. I pray that they would, would wrestle with it, that they would ask for you 
to impact their heart and their minds so that they can reveal some of their struggles to you. And that, Lord, you are faithful and just, and you promise to show up and, and nurture and, and heal the soul. Lord, I, I pray that as people are listening, that they're challenged to, to confess and to move in a direction towards you. Lord, we want to be followers of you in an authentic, true way. We don't want to be pretenders anymore. Lord, we love you. And we say together, amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope this was a blessing to you.